السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ So in Bukhari, inshallah, we will be concluding Kitab al-Istisqa today. Kitab al-Istisqa, the book of rain prayer. Meaning when people are suffering from shortage of water, when there is no water, that means there is no life, there is no food. Then in this situation, what do we learn from the sunnah? What did the Prophet ﷺ do? He turned to Allah for his need to be fulfilled. He asked Allah to give people water. The source of life. Inshallah, we'll begin from Bab number 15, which is Bab Ad-Du'a'i Fil-Istisqa'i Qa'iman. Supplication during istisqa is to be qa'iman, meaning while standing. As you know, Salatul Istisqa, the rain prayer, how is that supposed to be offered? There's two ways. First of all, where people are in the masjid, so for example, in the Jumu'ah Khutbah, the khatib, he makes the du'a, during the khutbah. But there is another way, which is that everybody goes out in the desert, in the open, and everybody uh, makes dua. How? That the khatib, the imam, he comes and he gives a khutbah, and he makes dua, and then after that he leads people in prayer, or the two rak'ah, they can be performed first, and then the khutbah and dua can be made. So in either case, when the dua is being made, how should that be made? standing that a person does not even sit down when you're sitting down and making a request what does that show you're okay you're fine but when you're standing and desperately begging what does that show your neediness so ad-du'a fil istisqa'i qa'iman وقال لنا ابو نعيم عن زهير عن ابي اسحاق خرج عبد الله بن يزيد الانصاري وخرج معه البراء يزيد بن انصاري and البراء بن عازب both of them they went out وزيد بن ارقم and زيد بن ارقم رضي الله عنهم all of these sahaba they went out فاستسقى and they performed the prayer for rain فقام بهم على رجليه So he stood up in front of them, ala rijalayhi, on his feet, ala ghayri mimbar, meaning the one who was leading amongst them, he did not stand on a mimbar. And how did he begin? Fastaghfara. First of all, he asked Allah for forgiveness. Thumma salla raka'ataini. Then he performed two raka'at. And what did he do in those two raka'at? Yajharu bil qira'ati. He recited the qira'ah out loud. وَلَمْ يُؤَذِّنْ And he did not give the adhan. وَلَمْ يُقِمْ Nor was there any iqama. Meaning before the prayer, there was no adhan, there was no iqama. قَالَ أَبُوْ إِسْحَاقَ وَرَآ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بْنُ يَزِيدَ النَّبِيَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ So Abdullah bin Yazid is the one who led them and he saw the Prophet ﷺ doing this and this is the reason why he performed the rain prayer in this manner. How? What did he begin with? With 
istighfar, with seeking forgiveness. Why? Because it is our sins that become a barrier, that become a hurdle between us and Allah's mercy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-ghafoor. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-razaq. He is continuously providing His servants. Just think about the number of creatures that live on this earth. And how every creature is being given provision by who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And water is one of our basic needs. And if we are being prevented from water, is that because Allah is not merciful? Never. We never think like that. It is because of our own shortcomings. It's because of our own sins that we have created these hurdles between us and Allah's mercy. So whenever we are in need of something, what is it that we need to begin with? Istighfar. Begin with seeking forgiveness. Nuh alayhi salam, what did he say to his people? فَقُلْتُ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ غَفَّارًا يُرْسِلِ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِدْرَارًا وَيُمْدِدْكُمْ بِأَمْوَالٍ وَبَنِينٍ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ جَنَّاتٍ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ He said, when he was complaining to Allah about his people, that I said to my people, seek forgiveness from your Lord. Indeed, he is perpetually forgiving. He will send the sky to you, meaning he will send the clouds towards you, midrara, in abundance, meaning rain will fall on you in profusion. وَيُمْدِدَكُمْ بِأَمْوَالٍ وَبَنِينَ And he will reinforce you. He will supply you with many children and with a lot of wealth. And he will make for you gardens and he will make for you rivers. Hud also said something similar. وَيَا قَوْمِ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ ثُمَّ تُوبُوا إِلَيْهِ يُرْسِلِ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِدْرَارًا وَيَزِدْكُمْ قُوَّةً إِلَىٰ قُوَّتِكُمْ وَلَا تَتَوَلَّوْ مُجْرِمِينَ He also said, seek forgiveness from your Lord and Allah will bless you with many blessings. He will give you rain, He will give you children, He will give you wealth. And there's a very interesting incident that we learn about Al-Hasan al-Basri. That once a man came to him and said to him, that I have no money. Another came and said, I have no children. Another came and said, I have no such and such. I have no such and such. And to each person, he said, do istighfar. Do istighfar. Do istighfar. Seek forgiveness from your Lord and Allah's blessings will come. Now, istisqa is what? When we have no water, we ask Allah for water. And in the Quran and Sunnah, water, especially rain, has been resembled with what? Ilm. Knowledge. There is a time when a person is receiving ilm. Daily, he is learning something new. And that is a source of life for him, life for his heart, life for his mind. But when a person sees, when a person realizes that this is coming to an end, why? Or for such a long time, I have I have not been able to learn something, then what is necessary? Seek forgiveness so that the doors of knowledge are open to you. Seek forgiveness so that these doors are never ever closed for you. These doors always remain open for us. Because the thing is that the more a person learns, the more ilm a person gains, the more responsibility is also increased for him. What responsibility? 
of applying that knowledge and of also conveying that forward. But when a person's words are bigger than his actions, when a person's claims are bigger, much greater than the actual change he's bringing in his life, then what is that? What is that? Contradiction between words and actions is a huge deficiency. It's a huge problem. And this can lead to the doors of ilm closing upon a person. Doors of khair closing upon a person. And as we come to the conclusion of this course, we beg Allah's forgiveness. I remind you and myself that we all need to increase in seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That may this course never be the last course. May this endeavor never be the last endeavor. May this continue on for the rest of our lives. That we keep learning and keep applying and keep improving. And whatever we forget, we remember. حدثنا أبو اليماني قال أخبرنا شعيب عن الزهري قال حدثني عباد بن تميم أن عمه وكان من أصحاب النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أخبره أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم خرج بالناس يستسقي لهم He said that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم went out with the people meaning out in the desert in order to perform the prayer for rain فقام So he stood فَدَعَ اللَّهَ قَائِمًا And he made dua to Allah standing. ثُمَّ تَوَجَّهَ قِبَلَ الْقِبْلَةِ Then he turned towards the qibla, facing the qibla. وَحَوَّلَ رِدَاءَهُ And he turned his rida, his shawl around. He wore it inside out. فَأُسْقُوا And they were given water. Meaning then rain actually fell on people. Before there was no sign of water. And after this istisqa, what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed the people with rain. Now what do we see in this hadith? The Prophet ﷺ went out and he was facing the people. He was facing the people, which means that he was not facing the qibla. And he was facing the people, why? Because he was addressing them. He was giving the khutbah. And the dua was made during the khutbah. While the khatib is standing, while the imam is standing. And on ending the khutbah, on concluding the dua, what did the Prophet ﷺ do? He turned around. Why? In order to face the qibla, in order to lead the people in prayer. And then he also turned his cloak inside out. And we learned about this earlier, the hikmah, the wisdom behind this, that why? During Salatul Istisqa, or right at its end, its conclusion, the cloak, which is the outermost garment, is to be turned inside out, or it is to be rotated. Why? Because it symbolizes change. And it is done with the hope that this change, meaning in the weather, will also come very quickly. It will come very soon. When the shawl, or when the cloak is turned inside out, then what is being revealed? The faults, right? The patches, the stitching, that is being exposed. And when we beg Allah for rain, when we beg Him for His mercy, we confess our sins before Him. We acknowledge that we are being deprived because of our own shortcomings. So we ask Allah for His mercy. Bab al-jahri bil-qira'ati fil-istisqa' 
reciting Quran out loud during the rain prayer. Meaning during Salatul Istisqa, what is to be done? The recitation is supposed to be out loud. حدثنا أبو نعيم حدثنا ابن أبي ذئب عن الزهري عن عباد بن تميم عن عمه قال خرج النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يستسقي The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم went out in order to pray for rain فتوجه إلى القبلة يدعو So he was facing the qibla making dua وحول رداءه And he turned his rida around his shawl around ثم صلى ركعتين Then he performed two raka'at, جَهَرَ فِيهِمَا بِالْقِرَاءَةِ And he recited the Qur'an out loud in them. Now the description of the rain prayer which is given in this hadith differs from the previous one, which differs from other ahadith that we have learned. Which shows that Salatul Istisqa, the major components are which ones? There is basically the khutbah, there is the dua, and there is the salah. The khutbah and dua are together. Right? And... Basically, the khutbah can be before the salah and it can also be after the salah. Either way is fine. But I want you to notice something. That all of these differences, what do they show? Did the Prophet ﷺ perform salatul istisqa only once in his life? How many times? Multiple times. Many times. And what does that teach us about the Messenger of Allah ﷺ? That in his life, what did he experience? Hardship. He experienced, he faced multiple periods of dryness, of drought, no rain, no water, no food. And who was he? Rasulullah, the beloved of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Yet in his life, there were times when there was no rain, there was no water. No food. Because Allah tests His servants. Allah tests people by giving them. And Allah tests people by taking things away from them. What do they do when they have something? And what do they do when something is taken away from them? In the Quran we learn that people are afflicted with hardship upon hardship. Why? لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَضَرَّعُونَ So that they humble themselves before Allah. وَنَبْلُوكُمْ بِالْخَيْرِ وَالشَّرِّ Fitna. Fitna, test, trial is through both good and bad. And in each situation, what is being examined? Does a person turn to Allah or does he consider himself to be self-sufficient? What did the Prophet ﷺ do? When he had something, he turned to Allah. When he did not have something, again he turned to Allah. And this is something that this sacred ilm should bring us as well. This realization that no matter what, no matter where we are, no matter what we are doing, we are in need of Allah. And the one who turns to Allah, then what will happen? Allah will be sufficient for him. أَلَيْسَ اللَّهُ بِكَافٍ Is Allah not sufficient for His servant? Bab, كَيْفَ حَوَّلَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ ظَهْرَهُ إِلَى النَّاسِ How the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم turned his back on the people. Meaning when he was leading them in prayer, in Salatul Istisqa, 
when he was facing them during the khutbah, how did he turn away from them? حدثنا آدم قال حدثنا ابن أبي ذئب عن الزهري عن عباد بن تميم عن عمه قال رأيت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يوم خرج يستسقي He said I saw the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم the day when he went out in order to perform the rain prayer قال he said فحول إلى الناس ظهره He said he turned his back on the people واستقبل القبلة and he faced the قبلة يدعو and he was making dua. So this shows that sometimes he made dua while facing the people. And sometimes he made dua while facing the qibla. ثُمَّ حَوَّلَ رِدَاءَهُ And then he turned his cloak inside out. ثُمَّ صَلَّى لَنَا رَكْعَتَيْنِ Then he performed two rak'at for us. جَهَرَ فِيهِمَا بِالْقِرَاءَةِ And he made the recitation aloud in them. In those two rak'at. And when the imam he turns his cloak inside out. The people who are praying with him, are they required to, the men especially, obviously the men, are they required to turn their cloak inside out as well? Yes. They also. And there's a beautiful video that you can see online about Salatul Istisqa in the Haram. In the Haram. That how at the end of the khutbah, the khatib, he made this announcement that, O servants of Allah, now turn your cloaks inside out. Uh, in order to seek Allah's mercy and in order to follow the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and then you see him turning his cloak inside out, and all the people imagine in the haram, those of them who are wearing cloaks turning their cloaks inside out. Bab salat al istisqa'i rak'atain. Salat al istisqa'i is two rak'at. حدثنا قتيبة بن سعيد قال حدثنا سفيان عن عبد الله بن أبي بكر عن عباد بن تميم عن عمه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم استسقى فصلى ركعتين وقلب رداءه. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم performed the rain prayer and how many rak'at did he perform? Two. And he turned, he reversed his cloak. باب الاستسقاء في المصلى. The rain prayer is supposed to be in a musalla, meaning it can also be in a musalla. Musalla is not a masjid. Alright? One is masjid and the other is an open ground which is selected for the purpose of performing prayer. Now remember that Salatul Istisqa is supposed to be on the same pattern as Salatul Eid, which is the reason why the recitation in this is also loud, just as the recitation in Eid prayers is also loud. حدثنا عبد الله بن محمد قال حدثنا سفيان عن عبد الله بن أبي بكر سمع عباد بن تميم عن عمه قال خرج النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إلى المصلى يستسقي The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم went out to the communal prayer ground to perform the rain prayer واستقبل القبلة فصلى ركعتين He faced the qibla and performed two rak'at وقلب رداءه and he turned his cloak inside out قال سفيان فأخبرني المسعودي عن أبي بكر قال جعل اليمين على الشمال that he placed the right side of the cloak on his left side and the left side on his right side and I mentioned to you earlier that how the cloak may also be rotated and remember that uh, all the people also as we learn in the hadith al-muwatta all the people also turn their cloaks inside out باب استقبال القبلة 
فل استسقاء facing the قبلة during the rain prayer حدثنا محمد قال أخبرنا عبد الوهاب قال حدثنا يحيى بن سعيد قال أخبرني أبو بكر بن محمد أن عباد بن تميم أخبره أن عبد الله بن زيد الأنصاري أخبره أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم خرج إلى المصلى يصلي وأنه لما دعا أو أراد أن يدعو Prophet ﷺ, when he made dua or he intended to make dua, istakbala al-qiblata wa hawwala rida'ahu. He faced the qibla and he turned his cloak inside out. Qala Abu Abdullah ibn Zaydin, hadha mazaniyun wal awwalu kufiyun huwa ibn Ziyazid. Bab raf'i al-nasi aydiyahum ma'al imami fil istisqa. Now remember that salatul istisqa or the dua of istisqa, uh, prayer for rain, making dua for rain can be with performing two rak'at. And it can also be without performing two rakat. But regardless, when the dua is being made for rain, then how should the hands be? On your chest? No. You're making dua, so raised. Yes, up to the chest level. So, رَفْعِنْ نَاسِ أَيْدِيَهُمْ All the people raising their hands. Maal imami Along with the imam. When? فِي الْإِسْتِسْقَاءِ in during istisqa asking for rain qala ayyub ibn sulayman haddathani abu bakr ibn abi uwais an sulayman ibn bilal qala yahya ibn sa'id sami'tu anas ibn malik qala ata rajulun a'rabiyun min ahli al-badwi ila rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam a man a bedouin man from the desert came to the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when yawm al-jumu'ah on a friday faqala ya rasulullah and as he came in, he said, O Messenger of Allah, هَلَكَتِ الْمَاشِيَةِ All our animals, meaning cattle, livestock, they're dying. هَلَكَ الْعِيَالُ Children are dying. هَلَكَ nasu People are dying. Look at the way in which he's addressing the Prophet ﷺ. هَلَكَتِ الْمَاشِيَةِ هَلَكَ الْعِيَالُ هَلَكَ nasu As if a big disaster has happened. فَرَفَعَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ the Prophet ﷺ lifted up yadayhi, both his hands, yad'u, and he was making dua. Which dua? For rain. وَرَفَعَ النَّاسُ أَيْدِيَهُمْ مَعَهُ And the people also that were sitting in the masjid during the Jumu'ah khutbah, what did they do? They also raised their hands, yad'un, and they were also making dua. قَالَ He said, فَمَا خَرَجْنَا مِنَ الْمَسْجِدِ حَتَّى مُطِرْنَا We did not leave the masjid until it was actually raining outside. Meaning by the time the khutbah ended and the prayer was concluded, people finished their prayer. When they went out, what was happening? It was raining. فَمَا زِلْنَا نُمْطَرُ حَتَّى كَانَتُ الْجُمْعَةُ الْأُخْرَى And we continued to be given rain until the following Friday. So an entire week there was rain. فَأَتَ الرَّجُلُ إِلَى نَبِيِّ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So the man returned the next Friday to the Prophet ﷺ. فَقَالَ So he said, يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ وَمَسَنْجَرَ وَاللَّهِ بَشِقَ الْمُسَافِرُ وَمُنِعَ الطَّرِيقِ The musafir, meaning the traveler, he is بَشِقَ بَشِقَ meaning he is held up. He's not able to go. He's not able to travel. Why? Because مُنِعَ الطَّرِيقِ All the roads, they're blocked. Why? Due to flooding. So in other words, he was saying, there's too much rain. There's too much rain. Now can you please ask Allah? To stop the rain. And from other narrations we learned the Prophet ﷺ made dua. He smiled and he made dua. Allahumma hawalayna wala alayna. 
that O oh Allah, please send the rain around us and not upon us. Around us, notice. Not make it go away. But send it around us. Nearby, but not directly on us. Nearby so that we can still benefit. But not directly on us. Because if it's directly on us, then we are being harmed instead of being benefited. So the Prophet ﷺ made dua and the rain stopped. وَقَالَ الْأُوَيْسِيُّ حَدَّثَنِي مُحَمَّدُ بْنُ جَعْفَرُ عَنْ يَحْيَى بْنِ سَعِيدُ وَشَرِيكُ سَمِعَ أَنَسًا عَنِ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ أَنَّهُ رَفَعَ يَدَيْهِ حَتَّى رَأَيْتُ بَيَضَ إِبْطَيْهِ He said that the Prophet ﷺ, he raised his hands so much so that the narrator, he said, Anas anhu said that I saw the whiteness of his armpits. Because the Prophet ﷺ was wearing a shawl. It's a loose garment. It wasn't stitched. It wasn't a stitched shirt. And he was standing on the mimbar. So when he raised his hands, he basically extended his arms. What happened? The whiteness of his armpits could be seen. So what does it show? That the dua of istisqa, when it's being done, the hands are not to be raised close to the body, but rather high and away from the body. Why? Okay, it shows that the one who is asking is very desperate. What else does it show? If you bring your hands together and then ask for something, what are you asking for? Something small, right? But when you stretch out your arms, then what are you showing? We need a lot of mercy, Ya Allah. رَبِّ إِنِّي لِمَا أَنزَلْتَ إِلَيَّ مِنْ خَيْرٍ فَقِيرٍ the Imam raising his hands during the rain prayer, meaning when making dua during the khutbah. How should the hands be raised? Haddathana Muhammad ibn Bashar, Haddathana Yahya, Wabnu Abi Adiyin, and Sa'idin, and Qatada, and Anas ibn Malikin, Kala Kana Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, La yarfa'u yadayhi fi shay'im min duaihi illa fil istisqa. He said, The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لا يرفع يديه. He would not raise his hands. في شيء for anything من دعائه of his dua. Meaning, when the Prophet ﷺ would be making dua, he would not raise his hands in general. إلا except في الاستسقاء during استسقاء. That is the time when he raised his hands. وإنه يرفع and indeed he raised his hands. حَتَّى يُرَى So much so that it could be seen. What could be seen? بَيَاضُ إِبْطَيْهِ The whiteness of his armpits. Meaning at that occasion, he would raise his hands really high. He would, he would raise his hands far out wide. And we discussed the reason why he did that. Now the wordings in this hadith, they need to be understood correctly. Some interpreted this hadith as uh, to show that the Prophet ﷺ, whenever he made dua, he never raised his hands. So whenever he made dua, he just sat as he was sitting, or he stood as he was standing, and he did not raise his hands. لا يرفع يديه في شيء من دعائه إلا في الاستسقاء. However, this understanding of this of these words is incorrect. Why? Because there are many ahadith that show that the Prophet ﷺ did raise his hands when he made dua. In fact, there are more than 30 different occasions about which we learned the Prophet ﷺ raised his hands when he was making dua. 
Like for example, during Arafah, at Safa al-Marwa, during Hajj, in fact, at so many times, even when, you know, at the Jamarat, we learned that the Prophet ﷺ raised his hands when making dua. Why do you think he would raise his hands when making dua? Is there any significance to this? Okay. You're asking for something. You hold your hands out. Your hands are empty. Does that remind you of a hadith, Qudsi? Of a hadith in which we learned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala feels shy to return someone's hands away empty. Right? That when a person is begging Allah, asking Him with empty hands, His hands are raised up, then Allah does not like to refuse Him. Send Him unanswered. No, Allah will give Him something. So we learn that it is good to raise your hands when making dua. Then what does this hadith mean? What this means is that during a khutbah, during a khutbah, in a gathering, in a gathering, in a majlis, it was not the habit of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam to raise his hands and make dua. The only time he did this, that in a gathering, during the khutbah, he raised his hands and he made dua, was when? Istisqa. It was not his habit that every time the sahaba sat with him, they said, okay, let's make dua. And everybody raised their hands and everybody make dua. Every time the Prophet ﷺ taught the sahaba something at the end of every majlis, no, it was not his habit to make a congregational dua. It was not his habit to do that. Rather, when did he do this? Istisqa. And this shows to us that congregational dua all the time is something that is khilaf sunnah That is not according to the sunnah. However, Sometimes, at rare occasions, is it okay? Yes, it is. Because the Prophet ﷺ also did it sometimes. Bab ma yuqalu idha amtarat. What to say when it rains? So the people, they went out, they made dua for rain. And what happened? Rain came. And just like that, in our lives, there are many times when we are desperately in need of something, and we ask Allah for it, then should we say something when we get it? Should we say something when we reach our goals? When we reach the end, when we reach the conclusion? Hmm. What should be said? What should be said? Okay, alhamdulillah. And, okay, glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, that, oh Allah, whatever you've given me, whatever you've blessed me with, uh, give barakah in that. Okay, good. Allahumma sayyiban nafi'an. That, oh Allah, whatever you've given us, make that beneficial. Generally, when we receive something that we want, our only reaction is we say, Alhamdulillah. Right? Of course, Alhamdulillah. Of course. And that is sufficient. I mean, when a person praises and glorifies and thanks Allah, of course, it is very good. That is the proper response. However, remember that when we receive a blessing from Allah, then that blessing could also be a big test. So we ask Allah to give us goodness through that blessing. وَقَالَ ibn عَبَّاسٍ ibn Abbas رضي الله عنه He interpreted كَصَيِّبٍ in the Qur'an أو كَصَيِّبٍ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ The word صَيِّب, he interpreted that as المطر 
rain. Meaning the word Sayyib, Ibn Abbas said, Sayyib means rain. وَقَالَ غَيْرُهُ صَابَ وَأَصَابَ يَصُوبُ حدثنا محمد هو ابن مقاتل أبو الحسن المروزي قال أخبرنا عبد الله قال أخبرنا عبيد الله عن نافع عن القاسم بن محمد عن عائشة أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كان إذا رأى المطر The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم When he would see rain قال He would say صيبا نافعا Meaning Allahumma ja'alhu sayyiban nafi'an. That, oh Allah, make this a sayyib, a rain that is nafi'an, beneficial. Taba'ahu Qasim ibn Yahya an Ubaidillah wa rawahu al-awza'i wa uqaylun an nafi'an. So, the Prophet ﷺ said, sayyiban nafi'an. Ibn Abbas said, sayyib means rain. So, in other words, the Prophet ﷺ prayed that this rain should be beneficial. Can rain ever be harmful? Yes. It can be harmful. In a hadith in Sahih Muslim, we learned that the Prophet ﷺ said, لَيْسَ السَّنَةُ أَلَّا تُمْطَرُوا Sana, meaning uh, drought, is not that you are not given rain, that there is no rain. إِنَّمَا السَّنَةُ أَن تُمْطَرُوا وَلَمْ تُمْبِتُ الْأَرْضُ شَيْئًا Sana, drought, is that you are given rain. Rain falls on you. But the earth does not produce anything. This is true drought. That when you are receiving blessings, you have money, you have knowledge, you have time, you have friends, you have family, you have children, you have a house, you have a car, you have so many things that Allah has given. But they are not a source of benefit for you. They are not producing any khair for you. That is drought. We think having a lot of things, having an abundance of you know uh, wealth or uh, you know uh, knowledge, even if we have it, we're good. But mere possession of such things or just receiving these things is not sufficient. What is necessary? That we have them, and they are also a source of benefit for us. And this is the reason why. We ask Allah for ilm, Rabbi zidni ilma. But we also ask for ilman nafi'an. Right? That, oh Allah, give us knowledge that is beneficial. That will benefit us. Because a person could have information. But if that information is not answering questions, if it's not removing doubts, if it's not developing certainty, if it's not motivating a person to do good, if it's not stopping him from doing wrong, then what good is that knowledge? It's useless. True knowledge is that which transforms a person, which benefits a person. Correct? So, at this time again, I remind myself and you that when we ask Allah for knowledge and increase in knowledge, let's not be concerned about increasing the number of books that we have studied or the number of courses that we have taken, that doesn't matter much. What matters is what we're getting out of them. What we are getting out of them. Because knowledge, what is it? It's a means. Isn't it? It's just a means. To what goal? What's the destination? What's the main goal? 
worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why we learn. Why do we learn? Why do we want hidayah? So that we can worship Allah. We can earn His pleasure. So if a person is gaining information, but he's not benefiting from it, meaning he's not worshiping Allah at the end, then what benefit, what use was that ilm? It was useless. It doesn't matter. Because what we have memorized and what we have written in our tests, in our books, in our assignments, that'll stay here or that'll finish. What will go with us in our graves is what? The action, the amal that we did on that ilm. That is what matters. So the Prophet ﷺ, when he would see rain, he would say, Sayyiban nafi'an. Likewise, when we learn something, we hope that Allah will make this knowledge beneficial for us. Bab man tamattara fil matari hatta yatahadara ala lihiyatihi. Man tamattara. The one who stands in the rain, fil matar, in the rain. Why? To get wet. Hatta, so much so that, yatahadara ala lihiyatihi. The rain begins to trickle down his beard. Tamattur is to stand in the rain deliberately. To stand in the rain deliberately. Why? To get wet. So if a person does that intentionally, is there a problem with that? Not at all. Because the Prophet ﷺ did that. How do we learn that he did that? حدثنا محمد بن مقاتل قال أخبرنا عبد الله بن المبارك قال أخبرنا الأوزاعي قال حدثنا إسحاق بن عبد الله بن أبي طلحة الأنصاري قال حدثني أنس بن مالك قال أصابت الناس السنة على عهد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم Once the people were struck with drought during the time of the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم فبين رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يخطب على المنبر يوم الجمعة So while the Prophet ﷺ was giving the khutbah one day on the member on Friday. Qama a'rabiyun. A Bedouin man stood up. Faqala ya Rasulullah. He said, O Messenger of Allah, halak al-malu wa al-iyalu. Our properties are dying, meaning our animals are dying and our children are hungry. Fadu'ullaha lana an yasqiyana. So please make dua to Allah for us that He should give us water. Qala farafa'a Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yadayhi. The Prophet ﷺ lifted up his hands right there and then. And he said, وَمَا فِي السَّمَاءِ قَزَعَةٌ Anas anhu said that there was no cloud in the sky, not even a small tiny cloud. قَالَ He said, فَثَارَ سَحَابٌ And in that instant, what happened? Clouds, they began to rise, they began to form. And these clouds were أَمْثَالُ jibal. They were like mountains. Huge, tall. Clouds like mountains in the sky. Summalam Yanzil Amimbarihi. Then he did not descend from his mimbar. Hatta until Ra'aitul Matara I saw rain Yatahadaru trickling down Alalihiatihi from his beard. What does this show? The Prophet remained standing on the mimbar deliberately, waiting for the rain to come, to fall, so much so that it fell on him, it fell on his head, and he was wet to the point that it was trickling down his beard. He said, we were given rain on that day, on Friday, all day it rained. وَفِي الْغَدِي 
So the next Friday, the same man or someone else got up فَقَالَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ تَهَدَّمَ الْبِنَاءُ وَغَرِقَ الْمَالِ O Messenger of Allah, our buildings are falling and our animals are drowning. فَدْعُوا اللَّهَ لَنَا So make dua to Allah for us. فَرَفَعَ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمَ يَدَيْهِ He raised his hands وَقَالَ اللَّهُمَّ حَوَالَيْنَا وَلَا عَلَيْنَا قَالَ فَمَا جَعْلَ يُشِيرُ بِيَدِهِ إِلَى نَاحِيَةٍ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ The Prophet ﷺ did not point towards any direction in the sky إِلَّا تَفَرَّجَتْ Except that it became, you know, it opened up. Meaning the clouds that had covered the sky, now gaps appeared. As the Prophet ﷺ pointed with his finger. حَتَّى صَارَتِ الْمَدِينَةُ فِي مِثْلِ الْجَوْبَةِ So much so that Medina, it became like a jawba. What is jawba? Like a pond, you know, like a hole. حَتَّى سَالَ الْوَادِي And then all the valleys were flooded. وَادِي قَنَاتَ the, the, the valley of Qanat, it was flooded for شَهْرًا An entire month. قَالَ فَلَمْ يَجِئْ أَحَدٌ مِّن نَاحِيَةٍ إِلَّا حَدَّثَ بِالْجَوْبِ Nobody came from outside into Medina except that he spoke about the rain, the weather. Meaning it was being mentioned by everybody for a long period of time. It was such an extraordinary event. So from this hadith, what do we see? The Prophet ﷺ, he remained standing on the mimbar, waiting for the rain to come. When he saw the clouds appear, he stood there, waiting for the clouds to come, waiting for the rain to fall. And if you think about it, he could have immediately concluded the khutbah, finished the prayer, so that people could head home. But he took his time. Why? Because what is rain? Allah's mercy. Remember that Ayyub ﷺ, when he was ill for so many years, and when he was suffering from poverty basically for so many years, and when Allah restored his health to him and restored his wealth to him also, what happened? Something fell from the sky. And what was that? Locusts of gold. What did Ayyub salam do? He took his shawl and he began gathering those locusts of gold. Allah asked him, that have I not made you, uh, you know... Uh, rich enough that you are not inclined towards these things? And he said, that how can I ever be satisfied? Or how can I ever have enough of your mercy? I can never have enough of your mercy. So the thing is that when you love someone, then when you're getting something from them, you love that also. Isn't it? Like for example, if a friend of yours gave you a card, a small piece of paper with a few words written on it. What do you do? Do you throw it away? You keep it somewhere. Even if you don't keep it, you know, somewhere in front of you, like on a on a board or you know, stuck on your fridge. You keep it somewhere, like in a book or in your study somewhere. And then what happens when you're cleaning one day? You find it. Something from three years ago. Something from ten years ago. You find it. Why did you keep it? It's just a piece of paper. Why did you keep it? Why does it have value? Because it came from someone whom you love. So when Allah answers your prayer and gives you something that you are asking for, how can you not be ready and willing to take all of it and every bit of it? The Prophet ﷺ did not mind getting wet in the rain. And this shows to us that, I mean, letting your body, letting your clothes get wet in the rain is not a problem 
enjoy it. We avoid rain. We run away from it. I'm not saying that in winter, you know, do that and get sick. But sometimes when the snow is falling, just go and stand and experience, just go and stand, you know, under the sky and let the snowflakes fall on you and, and feel Allah's mercy descending. Of course, ma antahura. Exactly. It's coming directly from the sky. It didn't touch any tree. It didn't touch any mud. It didn't come from any river. No, it's pure, direct from the source. Uncontaminated. And this is the reason why when Rukia is done in order to, you know, for the purpose of healing and the Quran is to be recited, you know, for example, on water and then the sick person drinks that water, many times it's recommended that collect rain water because it's ma'am tahura. It's pure water. It's clean water. It's Allah's mercy. So many times rain has been called mercy. So the Prophet ﷺ, he stood in the rain, getting wet. And likewise, we stand and we wish that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will continue to bless us with ilm. Because where rain, water is mercy, ilm is also a huge mercy. Bab إِذَا هَبَّتِ الْرِيحُ When the wind blows. So on the one hand is rain, blessing and mercy, a source of khair, a source of life. But on the other hand, there is also intense weather. Like for example, wind. When that blows, then what should be done? When there is lack of rain, do we turn to Allah? Yes. And when there is intense weather, should we turn to Allah? Yes. حدثنا سعيد بن أبي مريم قال أخبرنا محمد بن جعفر قال أخبرني حميد أنه سمع أنسا يقول he said كانت الريح الشديدة إذا هبت that whenever strong wind would blow عرف ذلك في وجه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم it could be noted in the expression on the face of the Prophet ﷺ. He, meaning the Prophet ﷺ, was not indifferent to weather conditions. That yeah, it's raining, it's not raining, it's windy or it's not windy. It wasn't like he was indifferent to it. No, he was very sensitive when it came to weather. And this is the reason why we see when rain fell, the Prophet ﷺ made dua. And when there would be intense, severe wind, the fear could be seen on the face of the Prophet ﷺ. And it is mentioned in the hadith that the Prophet ﷺ would you know, go outside and come, come back inside. He would not remain sitting in one place. Like a person is anxious. And when he was asked about it, that why do you feel anxious when there is wind? The Prophet ﷺ would say, وَمَا يُؤَمِّنُنِي أَن يَكُونَ عَذَابًا What gives me aman? Perhaps it could be adab. Perhaps this could be a source of destruction, a punishment for the people. Because were the previous people not destroyed by the wind? Just wind? Yes. And over here, Imam Bukhari, what he's proving is that when the wind blows, yes, there is no particular salah for that occasion. However, however, a person must turn to Allah in humility, in fear, seeking His mercy. Did the Prophet ﷺ make any dua when wind would blow? Did he make any dua 
I'm not asking about any salah. Dua. Yes, he did. What is that dua? Allahumma inni as'aluka khayraha wa khayrama fiha wa khayrama ursilat bih. That, oh Allah, I ask you the good of it and the good that is in it and the good that it was sent with. Wa a'udhu bika min sharriha and I seek refuge with you from its evil. Wa sharrima fiha and the evil that is in it. Wa sharrima ursilat bih and the evil that it was sent with, meaning sent for. So we ask Allah for good and we seek His protection against any evil. There is another dua which is Allahumma ja'alha riyahan wa la taj'alha rihan. That O oh Allah make it riyah and not rih. Because in the Quran the word riyah when it's used in the plural form what does it refer to? Winds that bring mercy, rain. And when the word is used in its singular form rih then what is that referring to? Wind that brings destruction. Bab qawl al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam nusitu bis-saba The words of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam I was helped to victory by the east wind. Saba. What is saba? Saba is the wind, the name of the wind that would blow uh, from the east. And generally, this wind would be extremely cold. Now, it happens with us also that, or in particular regions, that when a particular kind of wind blows from a certain direction at a certain time, it's given a name. Hmm? So, likewise, when wind would blow from the east into Medina, an extremely chilly, cold wind, it was named Saba. The Prophet ﷺ said, نُصِرْتُ بِالصَّبَةِ حَدَّثَنَا مُسْلِمْ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا شُعْبَةُ عَنِ الْحَكَمِ عَنْ مُجَاهِدْ عَنِ ابْنِ عَبَّاسِ أَنَّ النَّبِيَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ قَالَ نُصِرْتُ بِالصَّبَةِ وَأُهْلِكَتْ عَادٌ بِالدَّبُورِ I was helped through Saba, not Saba with the scene, Saba, wind. وَأُهْلِكَتْ عَادٌ بِالدَّبُورِ And the people of Ad were destroyed with the wind of Dabur. Now if you think about it, wind, what is it? What is wind? Sent by who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Can it be a source of khair? Yes. Can it be a source of shar? Yes. What matters then? The wind? What matters? The purpose for which it was sent. Meaning what Allah wanted for us. What Allah intended for us. Sometimes a thing that we receive or that we have may appear to be very good. But in reality, it could be harmful. Or something may appear to be very harmful, but in reality, it could be very beneficial. Ibrahim, was he thrown in the fire? Yes. Now, apparently fire, very harmful, very dangerous. But what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused that fire to be coolness and safety for him. Right? And that being thrown into the fire became a source of, you know, relief for Ibrahim alayhi salam. That became the cause of his, uh, you know, ease in the future. So, what we are being taught over here in these abwab, the, the last abwab of this chapter, is that what matters is not water or lack of water having certain blessings or not having certain blessings. What matters is what Allah intended for you by that. By giving you that or by taking that away from you. 
So when we receive something good, and as we reach its conclusion, we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it a source of khair for us, a source of benefit for us, because one wind benefited the Prophet ﷺ, and another wind destroyed the people of Ad. Wind. One is a source of destruction, and one is a source of victory. Victory. The Prophet ﷺ was granted victory by this wind of Saba at what occasion? The battle of Ahzab. When the Mushrik had come and besieged Medina basically, thousands and thousands of them, and they had pitched their tents, and they were not willing to go away. And what happened? The Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims, they had dug a trench in, in defense of Medina. And obviously they were beseeching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for mercy, for help. And what happened? In the Quran we learn, Ya ayyuhal ladina amanu, udkuru ni'matallahi alaykum, idh ja'atkum junudun fa'arsalna alayhim rihan. We sent against them a wind. A wind that uprooted their tents, turned over their vessels, so much so that the mushrikeen fled from there in order to save their lives. So Allah helped the Muslims. Allah granted victory to His Messenger through this wind. And the people of Ad were destroyed by another wind. Dabur, it is said that according to the Arabs, Dabur was the wind that would blow from the west. And it was called Dabur because it was it, it would come from the Dubur of the Kaaba, meaning from the other side of the Kaaba into Mecca. And so the wind that would blow from the west, it was termed Dabur. So one wind source of destruction, one wind source of Khair. Bab Maqila Fizzalzali wal Ayat. What is said about earthquakes and other signs? Meaning when there's earthquake, an, another calamity. Or for example, solar eclipse, lunar eclipse. Then is there any salah that is prescribed at that occasion? No, there is no prayer that is prescribed at that occasion. But what do we learn from the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ? Turn to Allah. حدثنا أبو اليماني قال أخبرنا شعيب قال أخبرنا أبو الزنادي عن عبد الرحمن الأعرج عن أبي هريرة قال قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تقوم الساعة حتى يقبض العلم. The hour shall not come. Until knowledge is taken away. وَتَكْثُرَ الزَّلَازِلِ And the earthquakes will increase. وَيَتَقَارَبَ zaman, And time will come very close to each other. Meaning, time will pass very quickly. وَتَظْهَرَ fitan, And fitan, trials, will become common. وَيَكْثُرَ الْهَرْجِ And harj will also increase. وَهُوَ الْقَتْلُ What is harj? Qatl, murder. Al-qatl, murder. Hatta yakthura fikum al-malu fayafilu. And mal, wealth also, will become so much that it will be overflowing. Now this hadith is telling us about the signs of the hour. What are they? First of all, qabdul ilm. Knowledge will be taken away. Knowledge will be taken away. This doesn't mean that people will have no ilm left. No, there will be ilm. But where? In the books. It will be in the books or just in the memories of people. Not in their hearts. Because from hadith we learned that knowledge will be taken away how? By the death of its people. By the death of Ahlul Ilm. The people who truly 
they have knowledge and they impart knowledge and with that ilm there is also fear of Allah true knowledge because innama yakhsha Allah min ibadihil ulama true ilm real ilm what does that produce fear of Allah so the people who have such knowledge as they will die knowledge will remain in books but people will be ignorant of it they will not know how to apply it they will not know how to live by it and if you think about it this is something that has become quite common today information overload just one word on google and you'll find a lot of knowledge you type one word in arabic and you'll find it where exactly that word comes in the quran where exactly that word comes in the hadith knowledge is common but true knowledge is not common why because that knowledge is not implemented or that knowledge with it there is no fear of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this hadith a similar one imam bukhari has mentioned it in kitabul ilm under the chapter heading raf'il ilmi wa dhuhuril jahli that knowledge being taken away and ignorance spreading and under that imam bukhari quotes the statement of rabi'a in which he said la yanbaghi li ahadin indahu shay'un min al-ilmi an yudayya nafsahu it does not befit anyone who possesses even a little bit of knowledge that he wastes himself it does not befit him that a person whom allah gives ilm to that person wastes himself how that he sits with that knowledge he doesn't implement it and he does not pass it on he does not convey it forward he does not transform he does not improve his life he does not improve his akhlaq he does not improve his relationships by benefiting from this knowledge and he does not even take this khair to other people what is this person doing wasting himself he is destroying himself and in this is a reminder for us that no matter how much we have learned whatever we have learned even if it's a little bit i mean a person might say well we've only studied a few books of bukhari here still a person might say i hardly know anything from the deen still shay'un min al-ilm even if a person knows one thing it does not befit you that you waste yourself because you have the potential to earn allah's pleasure through what you have learned you have the potential to earn a lot of khair to pass this knowledge on and enlighten your life and enlighten the lives of other people when knowledge will be taken away how that people who have ilm they die and so now there is information but the no carriers of knowledge then what will happen the hour will be near another sign of the hour is that zalazil taksura zalazil and this is the reason why imam bukhari brings us hadith over here earthquakes there will be many earthquakes towards the end of time and these earthquakes or these zalazil they could be both hissy physical meaning literally physically on the earth many earthquakes and it can also be marnawi intangible that how such uh, you know thoughts will spread that will shake the iman of people such concepts will become widespread that will shake the faith of people that how the fitra will be shaken and the natural 
you know, disposition that people are upon of worshipping Allah, of inclining towards Allah, that will be shaken. Then a third uh, sign that is mentioned over here is يَتَقَارَبَ zaman That time will, will draw close. What does that mean? That literally time will pass quickly. That the difference between night and day will not be felt. And I think we are very close to that. That we don't know if it's daytime outside or nighttime outside. Why? Because we're indoors and we're so used to unnatural light that we have no clue whether it's daytime or nighttime. Time will pass quickly. And this also means that long periods will seem very short. Meaning there's there will be no barakah. There will be no barakah. A person will say, I just came here and now I'm already going. We just started this course and it's already concluding. We just came in this building and now already so many courses have graduated. That time will pass so quickly that a person will find that there is less time and more work to do. And in general life, it means that there will be no barakah in time. And it also shows that long distances will be covered in short amount of time. Because everything is quick and fast. Right? One minute uh, oatmeal. Right? Or for instance, you know, you get your coffee in two minutes. Or you can heat up your food in one minute. And because there's so many distractions, so many things going on, that really a person could have a lot of time, but he feels like it's not enough. I mean, the book, Aqidatul Wasitiyah, what do we learn about it? That Shaykh al-Islam, he wrote that book, or that article, between two prayers, Asr and Maghrib. He just sat after Asr, wrote it down, and Maghrib, he was done. He was done with it. So much barakah in his time. Imam Bukhari, just look at the size of Sahih al-Bukhari. It's huge. So many years he spent compiling it, and he taught this book to over 90,000 people himself. It wasn't that 90,000 people, you know, they heard the recordings or they heard it from somewhere else. No, live in front of him, sitting in the same place, 90,000 people. Barakah. And the next thing that's mentioned over here in this hadith is fitan. Trials will become very common, will, will appear. And this is general, that how trials... You know, in with with respect to faith, with respect to akhlaq, manners, with with, with respect to uh, wealth, with respect to people's thinking, trials, and and what is fitna? Fitna is basically something that stops a person from the religion of Allah. They will become widespread. So many things everywhere that are calling you away from the deen of Allah. Harj, qatl will become so common that the person who's killed will not know why he's why he was killed and the person who's killing will not know why he's killing mal abundance of wealth so much so that fayafidu it will overflow what does that mean if you open a closet it's overflowing with clothes you open your kitchen cabinet your kitchen cupboard it's overflowing with food your refrigerator overflowing with food. I mean, sometimes you go to a store and you don't know where you're supposed to walk. Because even the aisles are filled with shelves and stuff. Especially around this time. Fayafilu, it's overflowing. Abundance of food, abundance of furnishings, houses. I mean, things to fill the houses with. There's no sign of poverty. 
There's only wealth, only plentitude. And yes, you see this in some areas right now, not all over the world. In other parts of the world, you see only poverty. But a time will come when this will, this will be the state everywhere. That wealth will be overflowing. That people don't know what to do with their money. They don't know what to do with their money. And this becomes a fitna. And if you think about it, all of these things are linked. When there is ignorance, people don't know. There is no knowledge. Then what will happen? Zalazil. Ignorance, sins, more trials. And people, their hearts are shaken, their lives are shaken. And trials, tests. And on top of that, people are killed right, left and center. And then so much wealth. So if you see all of these are connected with, with one another. حدثنا محمد بن المثنى قال حدثنا حسين بن الحسن قال حدثنا ابن عون عن نافع عن ابن عمر قال اللهم بارك لنا في شامنا وفي يمننا The Prophet ﷺ, he made dua once اللهم بارك لنا في شامنا وفي يمننا Oh Allah bless us in our sham What is sham? Syria وفي يمننا Yemen قالوا ابن عمر said The people said وفي نجدنا Please make dua for our najd also. Then may Allah bless najd. Qala Allahumma barik lana fi shamina wa fi yamanina. Qala qalu wa fi najdina. The people again requested. O Prophet ﷺ, pray for our najd also. Qala he said, Qala hunaka zalazil wal fitan. That is where zalazil, earthquakes and fitan trials will be. Wa biha yatlu'u qarnu shaytan. And it is there that the shaytan's horn will rise from. Meaning, the sun will rise from one of the signs of the hour. So, over here also Zalazil are mentioned. And all of these ahadith, what are they telling us? That in times of trial, we need to turn to Allah. Just as we turn to Allah, in times of plentitude. That when we have blessings, we turn to Him. When we don't have something, again we turn to Him. Because who else can we turn to? What is this area of najd? There are different opinions concerning this. But of the most agreed upon is that it is the area of Iraq. Inshallah, as I set up the quiz, we'll do the next hadith. Bab qawlillahi ta'ala wa taj'aluna rizqakum annakum tukadhibun. The words of Allah, that you make your rizq, meaning the rizq that is given to you, what do you do in return? Annakum tukadhibun. You deny. Qala ibn Abbas, ibn Abbas said shukrakum. Meaning the shukr that you should be showing for the risk that Allah gives you, what do you do in return? To kadibun. You deny it. Meaning you show ingratitude. That first you beg Allah. First you are in need. Then you beg Allah. Then Allah gives you. And what do you show? What do you show? Denial. Haddathana Ismailu. حدثني مالك عن صالح بن كيسان عن عبيد الله بن عبد الله بن عتبة بن مسعود عن زيد بن خالد الجهني أنه قال صلى لنا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم صلاة الصبح بالحديبية على إثر سماء كانت من الليلة One day the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم led the people in prayer in Fajr and this was after a night in which there was rain فلما انصرف النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أقبل على الناس When the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم ended he faced the people and he said هل تدرون ماذا قال ربكم Do you know what your Lord said? قَالُوا اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَعْلَمُ Allah and His Messenger know best. قَالَ He said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, أَصْبَحَ مِنْ عِبَادِي مُؤْمِنٌ بِي وَكَافِرٌ That some of my servants entered the morning as believers and others as disbelievers. فَأَمَّا مَنْ قَالَ مُطِرْنَا بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَرَحْمَتِهِ 
That the one who said that we were given rain because of the grace of Allah and His mercy, that is a believer in me. Kafirun bil kawkab, disbeliever in the star. And the one who said that we were given this rain because of such and such star, then that person disbelieves in Allah. Mu'minun bil kawkab, and he believes in the star. So what do we learn from this hadith? On receiving a blessing, realize it is only, only, exclusively from Allah. Not from anyone else. باب لا يدري متى يجيء المطر إلا الله. No one knows when rain will come except Allah. You can pray, you can hope, but you don't know what the future holds. You don't know when the next rainfall will come. You don't know when the next good opportunity will come. وقال أبو هريرة عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم خمس لا يعلمهن إلا الله. Five things none knows them but Allah. حدثنا محمد بن يوسف قال حدثنا سفيان عن عبد الله بن دينار عن ابن عمر قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم مفتاح الغيب خمس Five keys of the unseen لا يعلمها إلا الله none knows them but Allah لا يعلم أحد ما يكون في غد no one knows what will happen tomorrow ولا يعلم أحد ما يكون في الأرحام no one knows what's exactly in the womb of the woman. وَلَا تَعْلَمُ نَفْسٌ مَاذَا تَكْسِبُ غَدًا No soul knows what it will earn tomorrow. وَمَا تَدْرِي نَفْسٌ بِأَيِّ أَرْضٍ تَمُوتٍ And no person knows in which land it will die. وَمَا يَدْرِي أَحَدٌ مَتَى يَجِئُ الْمَطَرٍ No person knows when rain will come. We can predict, we can wish, we can pray, we can hope. But only Allah is الرزاق. He decides what to give to His servants when. And we ask Allah for khair. That may Allah enrich our lives with khair at every every occasion, every turn. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.